Thursdays. Every Thursday. Oh, welcome to We Love Wednesdays. Every Thursday. Now it's Friday. Welcome. We are chilling with Roberto Gonzalez and Cooley. What up, kid? Yeah, man. So many good books, man. There's a lot going on right now. Yo, this was a good week. A very good week. It was. I had a hard time figuring out what we were going to discuss here on the podcast. Yeah, it, it, this was probably the first week that I, I literally had to sit down and kind of sift through which ones actually rose to the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, usually it's like a clear, there's a clear cut winner. And then there's some good books that come out as well. And we just kind of talk about them. But this week there was like some really, really, really top notch shit. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, I already want to, I already want to cheat and give like, you know, honorable mentions to uh, some weird, the Freaky Friday continuation stuff that's going on in Daredevil and uh, Spider-Man and a couple of other books that got some really interesting things going on too. Yeah, man. So Charles Soule is rocking Daredevil from what I understand. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about it. I haven't read it, um, but I think I'm going to jump on. I have to go back. I want to go back to the beginning of his run, though, just so I can get a feel for like what he's doing. Um, yeah, it's it's worth it's worth the read. I mean, I wish I could do it all. Together. Like it's uh, this series has been kind of epic storytelling. Yeah, man, I uh, I really like his old stuff. Like I I remember the first thing I ever read that he wrote was um, the Red Lanterns book, and he crushed that shit. He made he made the red lanterns like super interesting and, and fun to read. So I can imagine that he probably does the same thing with daredevil. He, he made me read, uh, he made me read a DC book in red lantern. So yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, what was your, let, let's do something a little different this time. What was the, the book that, um, didn't quite tickle your fancy this week? Oh, I gotta, I gotta pick a fight with you because you're, and it's easy to pick a fight with you because you're an optimist, right? So whenever I come with something super negative, I'm picking a fight, and and here's my super negative. Yo, watch me, fu- watch me fuck your game up right now. Go ahead. <laughs> it's Iron Man, man. This is that book. That book to me, that book to me is whack. I'm sorry. Uh, we wanted to give the writer a chance because he did some cool things with Spider Man. Um, not feeling it at all. Yeah, I'm I'm only gonna fuck your game up a little, cause yeah. cause We're talking I'm, about not ready to, I'm not ready to give up is what I'm saying. I'm not ready to give up on him, but this issue was whack as fuck. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he has I'm, I'm sure he has some interesting things cooking, but uh, there's so many things there's so many things wrong with it to me. Um, and and it's, some of it some of it is even some of it is just illogical. And other parts of it are uh, other parts of it are slightly offensive, to be honest. So let me start with the logic, right? And this could be this could be because again, we've seen Dan Slott do some good stuff. So it could be maybe one of those areas where we can give the benefit of the doubt. But this book retitled so that it's Tony Stark, Iron Man. And and we talked about this before. The first thing he does in this book is assembles a team. This is not about Tony Stark at all. It's it's pretty much all of the characters around him, um, his team, 
his mom, his dad, and uh, particularly even Jocasta. Is it Jocasta or Friday? I get confused. Kind of both. Like they're both. They were both in this one. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's the area where I, I find that illogical. Um, it's not really cute, ironic. Like, I don't know, hopefully he's going somewhere with that and it all comes back down to Tony Stark or something. But right now they've called the book, Tony Stark, Iron Man, very specifically Iron Man centric. And this is the least specific to Iron Man book ever. I've read books about other people that were more about Iron Man and Tony Stark than this book. So I mean, like that, 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 is very valid all of that is a great reason to kind of hate on this book the the shit that really bugged me though was they they try to make the robots like so into being robots and like so militant about like and so very like uh i don't know like proud of being machines Yet they all act and do all these very human things. And it's like that, like when, when they did with what they did with Ultron back in the day was kind of what I'm, I'm feeling like these robots should be acting like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the shit that humans do like for robots should be like fucking like frivolous and unnecessary, illogical. Um, to see to see a bar full of robots like playing pool and and I guess I don't know what they were drinking but they were they were drinking they they said um, it was it was just weird it's like the what he's doing with the robots is just really weird to me and it's and it's not to the point where it pisses me off but to the point where I'm just like scratching my head and trying to figure out what the like I don't understand the analogy like I get but so we did other people have done this and the x-men specifically right um and they did a beautiful narrative and that's what art really should be is a reflection on society what the x-men did well they've captured uh the civil rights movement and they've broken it down and right now the things that our society is going through um is this red versus blue right like this conservative versus liberal um and it looks like they're almost using this in a in a in a hashtag me too kind of thing the robots except it's super silly and lame like it's and that's the, if when i when i said offensive earlier i almost feel like there there's such a high bar that he could have hurdled with this and i believe in his writing skills like i believe he has the capacity to do this um i i want to feel for these characters like i feel as a minority you know what i mean like i want to that's what i want to see that's the hope and struggle that i want to see them overcome but it, it seems like it's much more simple than that it's much sillier than that and and that's why i'm saying either do it or don't do it at all like either do it right just make me proud as uh, as a person of color or don't make or don't make this analogy at all like don't don't try to reframe that. You know what I mean? Like, don't come half-stepping shit between Jocasta and Friday and trying to act like people and have human resources or AI resources. Like, that's that's whack to me, man. I'm not feeling it at all. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, man. I feel like um, one of the things that really bothers me about the whole thing is, like, Jocasta, 
is being portrayed as or or trying to be played up as like the most human of the machines. Yeah. Yet all of the machines act either equally or even more human than she does. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which so I don't see so I don't see the difference. I don't see what sets her apart. I'm just it's very confusing what he's trying to tell me with this story. Like I, I very confusing. I I also felt a, a lot of uh like ready player one vibe from from this escape thing and that VR was, stuff. Yeah. That was insulting as well because like Ready Player One is like such a a great story and it's so original and like to try and t- I don't know if this was the case or not like but it kind of felt very uh it felt very derivative of that um I don't know like I said I'm not giving up on him I love Dan Slott as a writer I mean he's given me a lot of stories that I love so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna stick with it just because I feel like he's setting all the pieces up it's just like I don't like the way he's setting them up yeah it's it's already like I'm I'm gonna continue to read too. I, I do have this hopefully not misplaced faith in him as a writer because I've seen him show improve before, but like looking back at the the scene with the robots in the bar, it's it's whack and silly to me. Like it's it's whack and silly to me. And and uh Machine Man or whatever his name is, this guy, um it's 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 just again it's so silly and and there's contrast right and if you could take the han solo movie right if you could take the han solo movie and use that as how it should have been right how your work should have been done right there's a problem because there was so many things wrong with the han solo movie and yet what he's trying to do here was done so much better in the han solo movie with uh the robot forgive me uh do you remember her name uh l3 so L3 and her narrative and her story and her arc, like that is how, like I felt for L3. It didn't feel silly to me. It felt like a robot where you're actually dealing with these issues that seem like issues of our future, right? Like we've already got robots getting citizenships in certain countries. Like that's a real thing that's happening in 2018 in our real world. So so these things are like, like, I appreciate that he's bringing these things to the table, but I, I definitely feel like he's half-stepping and he's making a mockery out of it. When we just saw in Han Solo, we, we saw it in a way that kind of moved me and touched me as she became trapped in the Millennium Falcon. I don't know if that was the intention of the story for her to have such a, such a horrid arc. You know what I mean? Or if that was an oversight, but that's what I came away with. And I was moved by L3 story. And I'm not, I just want this whole story to go away in the Tony Stark Iron Man book. I've talked way more about Tony Stark Iron Man than it deserves. I know we got so many other good books that are worth raving about. So um, unless we can only go up from here. (laughs) We can. So this, we can eliminate this. This is not our book of the week. I, I take that back. There are there are books out there that we can go down, but we didn't read those, and <laughs> <laughs> and we read that. So we can only go up from here with the books that we've read. So um, this is not our book of the week. No. Uh, okay. No, this is not our book of the week. Uh, for me, my book of the week is definitely West Coast Avengers. Okay. West like, Coast Avengers. Yeah, for me, that that was the book of the week just because it was so much fun to read. Um, and 
even shit that was just like outlandish, like like land sharks. Um, land sharks. Yeah, land sharks, like so so crazy and so silly to me, but it was so much fun because it was approached in a way that was like, hey, this is silly. What the fuck are we fighting here? This is these are land sharks. You know, what I mean? like these things. I'm pretty sure they don't even exist, but here we are fighting them. And in, Amer- in America's powers, right? Like uh, teleporting through star shaped teleports, right? Like, yeah, like super silly. And yet this is book of the week. West Coast Avengers is your nomination for book of the week. Something that hasn't been said in the century, I don't think. No, I mean, look, man, West Coast Avengers. I don't know if you've ever been a fan but West Coast Avengers has always had kind of like a, a nice little niche uh, spot in my in my fan heart, man. Like I, I love that. I've always loved the title. Um, like I've like going back and I, I would. But you're right. I would never have put it as like my book of the week. And and if we did. Right. Like we're still talking 90s. Am I right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, we are. So uh, what made it so special? Well, I got to say it was Hawkeye, man, and not not Clint Barton. Uh, I'm talking about I'm talking about Kate Bishop. Uh, That that character is just fucking dope in the hands of Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson sounds familiar. That's a name that we've talked about here before. Yes, we've talked about Kelly Thompson and. she is a writer that has been doing a lot of great stuff for Marvel. Uh, we found out about her through Jessica Jones. And then we found out more about her through her herself because she uh, quickly corrected us and told us that we need to be reading more Kelly Thompson books. <laughs> um, and, and she was not wrong. Like, I mean, I, I, I did go back and I read pretty much not not all of her stuff but i read all of the uh the hawkeye books uh the kate bishop hawkeye um and she does a phenomenal job writing this character that character is adorable uh, i want her as a little sister um like she's just like a a very real like teenage girl man like i i know so many people like this in the world and to see that actually represent it on the page, it, it's great. She's is, she's is awesome. She a teenager? I believe she's. A, I mean, she's got to be like maybe seventeen, eighteen. Oh man, I, I had her. I had her in the young twenties. I had her in the. Might, not- she might be. I mean, who knows with the way that the comic book? Look, man, comic book characters age super weirdly. Like, I have no fucking idea. Like, two years ago, Nightwing was like sixteen. And now he's a full-grown man. He's a fucking police officer, and he's probably in his 30s. Who the fuck knows? Um, like, seriously. But anyway, like I, like, I think she's, like, 17, 18. She might be in her early 20s. But still, like, I mean, she's still fucking half my age, at least. <laughs> you know, this, this started an interesting conversation between us this week. We started talking about... Um, we started talking about transcending the actual titles and following writers. And we also talked about the dangers in that, right? Like, because then like, how would we know the hot new writers if we're only following the, the amazing writers that we know? Right. Yeah. We almost have to force ourselves to like, you know, grab something new and different, but that's how we, that's how we found like the Vita Ayala stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Um, So, so there's amazing stuff happening, but I, I, I gotta admit like, 
Tom King has won me over. He's like my favorite writer right now. Kelly Thompson's doing dope. We love the Vita and Brian Michael Bendis. I found that I was picking up books this week just because Jeff Lemire was uh, on the cover. You know what I mean? His name was on the cover instead of uh, what the title of the book actually was. So- hey, you said three things that I think are related right now, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off tangent here, but you said oh, three curious. things that triggered me. Um, you said Tom King, you said Brian Michael Bendis, and you talked about somebody as a cover artist. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is releasing a book uh, fairly re- soon, I think probably next week or the week after maybe, uh, called Cover. Interesting. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's a, it's, it's a book about a comic book artist who is also a secret agent. So, so I'm wondering, because, because now that Bendis is in the DC world, and I, I believe he's got to have some interaction with Tom King, they must have some kind of writer's room because that's, that's how Bendis operates. Um, you think this is Tom King for for our audience at home? Tom King, we've come to discover, is a CIA operative. <laughs> he, I think, a retired CIA operative, which used to be in the CIA, right? Which was super fascinating, right? Like uh, this person that we're reading stories from. Like I would, I'm not a police officer fan. Like I, I know I've got work, and I don't want to, I don't want to be judged by our audience. But like I think law enforcement has a lot of room for improvement. So I'm not a fan of these things necessarily. And I found it super interesting that this, uh, this spook was right in our, uh, our CIA books. I mean, our, our Batman books. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, do you think that this has? Any, do you think that Bendis's cover? Yeah, I, book is I, probably I, influenced by the fact it, that Tom King was a CIA agent. Because because we love Bendis so much, we know about like his family and his uh, like and and where he's from and all of that stuff, and we've been able to identify a lot of that stuff in his books, in Riri Williams, in Miles Morales, um, in the settings to a lot of his books, um, and. And yeah, yeah, I would I would think that whether it's uh, whether it's conscious, subconscious or otherwise, I would bet that his his new world is playing a part in uh, in in his comic books. Super interesting. Yeah. The the other reason why I say that is because like in uh, the blurb or the, the description of the book, I think it does say it's it's based like loosely based on true events. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that the true events have, must, they must be stories that, that. So so we're talking about, we're talking about Kelly Thompson, right? Our love for Vita, Jeff Lamar, Kelly Thompson. And when I bring up Brian Bendis and uh, Tom King, you put together a play that, that Brian Bendis may or may not be writing a book about Tom King. (laughs) One of my favorite writers writing a book about the other. That's super interesting. Yeah. The, it's funny the rabbit hole we can go down, man. But, but yeah, like you're right. We do follow these writers uh, from book to book, and like we, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to even go back on writers that I just found out about, like Kelly Thompson, for instance. Like to go back and just read all 16 issues, like binge them of uh, of the uh, Hawkeye book, and um, I also have uh, the Rogan Gambit miniseries queued up. Although I did skip ahead and read um, Mr. and Mrs. X. Okay. 
because uh, Mr. and Mrs. X, I guess, comes after the Rogan Gambit miniseries. But um, I skipped ahead. I started reading Mr. and Mrs. X. Number two came out this week, uh, which was also a fantastic read. Um, tell me, tell me what your feelings were on on West Coast Avengers, because I want to get into Mr. and Mrs. X, but I want to see what you thought. Well, you know, um. You've, you've made the transition, so I only want to make one more point about West Coast Avengers. Uh, I've, I've got I've to agree. It's my book of the week. With a close second to, like, action comics, I thought there was dope stuff in there. Um, but, but before we move on to Mr. and Mrs. X, right, going Kelly Thompson to Kelly Thompson, uh, I, I've got to point out that they had a Daredevil 2 scene where she's putting together her team, like Daredevil did in Daredevil 2, and all of these people are coming in and trying to, like, you know, get this role. And there was some very... Uh, cute- uh, you're talking about Dead, uh, Deadpool, I think. What did I say? Daredevil? Sorry, Deadpool, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where Deadpool was putting together the uh, the X-Force. So she she did... There was something similar in here. And there was just really cool stuff. I don't want to spoil everything, but I've got to give a nod to um, this person who came in, who their superpowers that they're covered with spiders. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. And and Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop is just like, ack, no. Uh, yeah, she's like, nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was a couple others, right? Like I feel like I feel like some of these people got the shaft, right? Because one of these dudes was super dope, like the Dark Paladin. I want to know more about the Dark Paladin, right? <laughs> she said, <"Wait laughs> yeah. Way too dark. He was like evil lurks, and she's like way too dark, and she dismissed him. Um, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of other ones, uh, but this one guy, this one guy, I love this one guy. I know they were all dope in their own way, but the broken watch comes in, and yes. he says, he says, twice a day. Am I right? <laughs> no, no. He says, he says no, twice, twice a day. day I'm, right. I'm right. Twice a day. I'm right. <laughs> He's right. like that's his power is being. Yes. Correct twice a day. Uh, super dope. All the characters are great. Uh, and if you're a fan of Gwenpool, Gwenpool has just found a home that makes a lot more sense for Gwenpool. So yeah, there's a lot of great things to love in this book. My book of the week too. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and and Gwenpool is a character I didn't give a fuck about. Right. Me neither. Me so, neither. So here we are enjoying this character. Um, but but the Gwenpool thing kind of brings me into that Mr. and Mrs. X um, with the, with Deadpool. Like, cause here's, here's what Kelly Thompson does. And I picked up on this after reading Mr. and Mrs. X number two with, with Deadpool, a lot of people approach Deadpool and there's nothing wrong with this because it's some, a lot of times it's funny as hell, but they approach Deadpool with this like slapstick comedic humor, breaking the fourth wall. And they go like, fucking balls to the wall with it like they step on the gas and it's just like 100 this is who deadpool is all the time right yeah but with but what she does with deadpool is like she literally just takes all that shit out and just writes him as like kind of just an insane person okay. so like he 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 get, he engages in conversation he goes back and forth with people and he says a lot of the wrong things like all of the fucking time and it's just, it's funny and it's uncomfortable. And it's like, it's like, this is, this is what Deadpool should be, in my opinion. Like I, for some reason, like I, I love the character Deadpool and I love what, uh, what they do with him in the movies. Cause in the movies, like he's, it's, it's great. Like fucking Ryan Reynolds kills that shit. But 
in the comics, like to read. Ryan Reynolds takes a similar approach, though. Ryan Reynolds, unlike many of the Deadpool comics, takes his foot off the gas. There are right. very sad, heartbreaking moments in both of the Deadpool movies. Yes, you know I mean? uh, that make you feel for him. Yes, and and that's and that's kind of that's kind of what she's done is she's been able to capture that and put it into the written form because a lot of people have trouble with that. Um, like there are a lot of like I follow Deadpool from the Matarera days and in, in uh, you know like during the Deadpool miniseries and stuff like that. I followed him since uh, since New Mutants, you know, and, and and this is a character that's kind of gone through different iterations and different. Nobody's really found a voice for him, but I feel like this, the way that she writes him is what I want to see in future Deadpool books. I would love for her to write Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, to t- take over a Deadpool book someday, not necessarily, I don't need another Deadpool book. I yeah. get six of them a week. <laughs> yeah, or just or just cancel all of them and let her write one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know? I yeah. only need one Deadpool book. Um, yeah, right. I don't want to shit on any of the writers and artists and the people who are doing work on Deadpool. I just it's just too many for me. And we've you know we've discussed that before. So yeah, tell me more about Mr. Mr. X. Is- so it's basically Rogue and Gambit. They get married. Uh, they're on their honeymoon, and their honeymoon consists of a mission to protect this uh, Shi'ar egg, um, which I think is like. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was thinking the whole time that it was like a phoenix egg, um, but this this egg is like the uh, the MacGuffin for the whole for the whole book. Um, like you're you're watching them try to get the egg back from the Shi'ar, they get it. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but Technet sho- Technet shows up. Uh, Technet is like this uh, this intergalactic group of bounty hunters, and um, they're all they're all silly looking, and you know, she handles them great. She's brilliant with them. Uh, so, so Gambit, Deadpool, Rogue, they, they all have to like, you know, fight TechNet and get the egg and all that. But then at the end, like this, there's something that happens with the egg and it's really fucking interesting, which is, wow. I, I, and I don't want to give it away, so I'm not going to, but you got to read it and you got to see how this all unfolds. But the way that she writes it, it's very, it's very similar to, um, Actually, it's not similar to anything. I mean, like, that's that's another thing that she does is like you can't you don't read her books and say, oh, this is Kelly Thompson. Like, you, it, like, I know with Bendis, like we love Bendis and we can read a Bendis book. But every time I read a Bendis book, like I I know like three panels in I'm reading a Brian Michael Bendis book. Yeah. But with Kelly Thompson, like I like I read I read Jessica Jones. I read West Coast Avengers. I read Hawkeye. Hawkeye and West Coast Avengers are very similar, but that's it seems like West Coast Avengers is like the natural progression of of the Hawkeye book. But like Mr. and Mrs. X, West Coast Avengers and uh, Jessica Jones, they all feel different. They all feel like different books. But I would definitely check it out, man. Like it's it's a it's a fun read. Like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of humor. Like there's one there's one scene where uh, where Gambit says something in French to to uh, Rogue, and Deadpool immediately calls him out on it, calls him gross. Uh, like I guess he, he calls her he calls her his 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 dove. And um, in French, and um, 
Deadpool's like, oh, my dove. He's like, that's gross. Doves are like, doves are like white pigeons or albino pigeons. That's super gross. You're, you're, and he goes, your pet name's a gross gambit. <laughs> and it's like, it's just great. It's super great, man. Like there's like, everything is kind of like that. Like just, it flows great. It's funny. It's action packed. It's just, it's a fun read, man. Uh, nice. This whole bunch of other, like I said at the top of the show, there's a whole bunch of other stuff I read. The Terrifics, uh, there's interesting things. Uh, Venom has evolved as a character, uh, so there's cool things happening there. But uh, the other book that I think is really worth mentioning right now, and I know uh, I know that we're fanboys of BMB. We mentioned him in various contexts already, but uh, Action Comics had some movement this week too, uh, and and it's continuing along this story and it's very fast paced, right? Like it's the, there was a fire situation, a fire mystery happening with Superman. And it seems like that is maybe resolved. Uh, Some of the villains were resolved before this, you know, or temporarily resolved before this stuff took place. And uh, in this issue, they seem to be resolving what I thought would be a long-term play between him and Lois uh lois is in this book and i found that super interesting because brian michael bendis is working very fast in this superman world and telling his stories his arcs are his he's got micro arcs which makes me wonder what's the macro arc right because we know him we know that it's happening but where's he going with all of this stuff like what's the bigger picture here because all of these other small picture stuff for him the five mystery the issue with his son, the issue with uh, between him and his wife. Um, so, so yeah, it's, he is, he is telling a very breakneck speed uh, Superman story that I find compelling for the first time ever, because I'm not a Superman fan. I think the character is been historically whack. I'm not a fan of OP things unless they're a mockery, like one punch man. That's what Superman, like one punch man is kind of like a, like a joke of Superman to me. Right. Like that's, that's kind of what it is. So Superman in itself is kind of the joke. And um, it's being written in a way that I actually care about. I care about, I want to see what's happening to him and the characters around him. So action comics is my other, is my other book and sorry, because if it wasn't for Kelly Thompson and West coast Avengers, this would have been my book of the week dude like this book i boy oh boy uh is he killing it um i really what's really fun about this book is that there's this like so the invisible mafia right um like this group of seemingly normal people there's there's the uh what's her name the red uh red cloud um is like the only one that seems like has like a super ability or power or something but the rest of these people seem like just average normal people, but they're getting a leg up on Superman just by using their brains and and putting together smart plans of attack. Well, um, yogurt, yogurt didn't get a uh, leg up. Well, no, yogurt, and, and it was called out in the meeting that they had. Yogurt was not following the, the plan. He wasn't following the strategy. He was, he was going rogue yep. uh, and doing more than what he should have been doing, which is why he got killed. Um so, I mean, like, it was just, that was all super, that's all super interesting to me. And, like, you talked about him being OP, but here, here's this group of just normal people that are able to get the best of him. 
And like he's actually like like they're getting into his head now because there was a scene where he flies out into space and he's like punching rocks and shit because like he's like he's frustrated. Yeah, I love it. Like I talked about the what and what was wrong with Superman before and some of my problems historically. And you talked about how Brian Michael Bendis has been able to address this. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I find this book so compelling. Yeah. And the micro arc, I mean, like what you're talking, the micro arcs, what you're talking about, I mean, it's like, yo, you know, like four years from now, five years from now, there's something that's going to happen that we're going to be able to tie back to the Man of Steel miniseries. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's going to be something that we didn't even see. It wasn't what was on the surface. Like, that's just it. That's how he that's how he operates. That's what he does. Yeah, I agree. So, I'm, yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, so, hey, man. So the opposite character, right? Like the opposite of the Boy Scout would be the Punisher. Um, yes. So y- you put me onto the Punisher this week because uh, you sh- you were shifting gears, man. You put me onto Cosmic Space Ghost Rider Punisher, which I was absolutely loving. And you were like, hey, well, check this out, too, because th- there's an incontinuity Punisher uh, that's going strong. Here was my apprehension, right? Before I kick this over to you, my apprehension about this book was that not only am I reading this futuristic, weird space Punisher who's going to try to raise Thanos from from childhood, but uh, but also Punisher was just in a really good place. And how can they move upward from there, from him having the war machine armor and him being all pissed off at Hydra because he was used by Hydra in the last, you know, crossover event. And what I found was that they actually, you know, while he's not in the war machine armor, they've actually continued that saga. So he's going after what you described as big fish. Now tell me more. Yeah. I mean, like the, the coolest thing about it, is that it's not from his perspective really it's from everybody else's perspective uh where with the with the war machine armor it was cool to have it from kind of his perspective like and and kind of bouncing back and forth but really just like him being flashy and like like such a spectacle in the war machine armor just tearing shit up uh to now not having the war machine armor anymore uh lurking in the shadows and being the boogeyman uh kind of uh, following these people from from behind and like you get to see like their reactions and you know you kind of see them in the moment um, and then see their reaction to finding out that there's somebody there and attacking them and it's all in a play to get to the big guy uh, in this case it's I mean is, is this a secret should I say it should I not say it uh, you could I, I think big guy and I, I think Hydra related is cool Right. Like, yeah, is that- yeah. Yeah. So like so there's there's a couple of hydro hydro related bad guys uh, that are at the top of the food chain. Uh, terrorist relations relations, uh, let's say, I guess, or terrorist related. Um, but so but he's yeah, not- like, like he's not he's not settling for mobsters anymore. Well, at this time, because he's still got a vendetta. He's still got a chip on his shoulder over being used by Hydra. Right. Right. Going back to the, uh, the secret empire stuff. Yes. Um, and, and who knows, this might whet his appetite for even more of the big fish. Um, Cause you know, somebody like Frank Castle, he, he sees that he's able to do something. He tends to push it even further. Um, so he, he's saying, oh, okay, well, I'm getting this guy. 
you know, who knows? Maybe there's another uh, villain that he has access to or he starts to track down because, like, the the tights aren't doing anything about him, right? Like, maybe he sees himself as the guy that can handle that shit. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and maybe it's time. Maybe this is stuff. We mentioned this in an offline conversation earlier this week. Um, this is, I, I need to see characters evolve and never, ever go back, right? Like, we had the stories about street-level stuff. Um, it's very important to me that characters evolve and have their arc and go away and die. Like, I want, I want to see writers write, like, new stories eventually, but the only way that we get to new stories is if the Punisher, you know, evolves into another story. Um, I, I understand for marketing reasons, and I understand there's a franchise, and I know that I'm never going to have it my way, but what we're seeing here is the Punisher evolve. Um, I, I, know that, uh, I know that you had more for me, and it seems like a book starring the Punisher should be called Die, 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 but that's an entirely separate book in itself. Yes, I didn't it get is. to read it this week. You loved the last one more than I did. Like I thought the last one was okay, but you were really high on it. So uh, tell me about this week. Well, you mentioned Die, 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 and my dogs go crazy. Um, <laughs> the, like, because it is such a wild fucking book. Um, this book is, like, basically, it's just, it's literally just fucking bullets and sex, man. <laughs> like, that's all it is. But it's done so well that I can't stop reading it. Um, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's espionage, it's bullets, it's sex, it's friggin' death and guts and blood, and it should be it should be considered so distasteful, but it's done in such a way that it's like, yeah, it's it's awesome. What more what more could we ask for? Besides a six demon bag, I don't really know. I mean the title of the book is Die Die Die. Like, you know what you're getting, right? Yeah, like, you don't buy that book, open it up, and be like, oh, what is this? Right? And, like, get all offended and, like, well, you know, will I never? And, like, you know, close it and, you know, call one million moms and, you know, ask for it to get canceled and shit. Um, that, that was, I'm sorry, people might not know what I'm talking about. There was a million moms uh, they, or mothers or whatever the fuck it is, and they, they called, uh, they, like, they called for cancellation of Lucifer on Fox because it was a show about the devil. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, it was it was it was crazy and and like they and they thought that they had won when Fox finally canceled the show and um the Netflix picked it up. So, we still get to watch a show about the devil which I mean, not that I have any uh any stake in the whole uh heaven hell god devil thing, but um now I know where you're going. Yeah. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I always knew where I was going. You got anything else? You got anything more about Die, Die, Die? Dude, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I really don't. The book is the book is literally, if you like, if you like constant action, constant blood and guts, uh, disturbing imagery, sex, and just straight up violence and some comedy, you will love this book and it, it will be a book that you will cherish for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, How's that? How's that? 
All right, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. Number one was, you know, okay for me. I'm going to, it was, it was all right, dog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, That's a no for me, dog. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and check it out. Um, I do not, I have bad news for our audience. I do not have a super shout out this week. Um, what I have instead is some apprehension. I've got a caution flag this week, right? Where I want to be shouting out like some images for some books that are coming out soon that we should all check out. Um, I found that Riri Williams is, is getting her own book. So yay, right? Like question mark. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Riri Williams fan and I've been really already nervous and cautious about how other writers are going to handle her. Like I love, I love her character. I love uh, what BMB has done with her. But one of the things that has always that has always struck me as weird is Ironheart. Like Ironheart seems like I'm not high on the name, right? It's yeah. it's almost like uh, My Little Pony, right? Like that's what we would call like a it's a it's a girl pony, and she's has Iron Man armor. Let's call her Ironheart, right? Because yeah. we associate hearts as a girly thing. Um, yeah, and, and it's I, almost like it's almost like Ironheart is almost a better name for Tony Stark, right? Like, because yeah, exactly exactly um and unless it's ironic because she seems she riri williams doesn't seem like the type that would be drawing hearts in her notebook to me no she's not, and she's not the type so, that would be drawing hearts in her notebook right so the name seems We've seen her notebook she doesn't I, draw hearts in it i've got to be honest and i i know this this came from bnb days i don't you know i don't know who it came from specifically but i i know the name is pre-existing but the name has always been condescending to me, right? That's a name that I've never really appreciated, uh, but it could just be a name. Maybe it's something that Riri Williams' character would like, or maybe it was something that was ironic that somebody stuck on her. I don't know the origin of the name, but I'm already not so fancy with the name, and they're going full throttle and naming the book Ironheart. And not only that, but she's got a new costume, and again, it it's in spite of what I know of Riri Williams. Riri Williams is newer, smarter, sleeker. And this costume that she has, her new Iron Man suit, is not newer, faster, sleeker. It's bulkier and weirder and functionally odd. So um, I know that uh, I know that I'm the pessimist and I know that you usually reserve judgment. But I'm already giving this some side eye. What do you think? I, I, you told me about it yesterday, and I said, "Man, we got to give it a shot." Because I hadn't seen it, I, I said, "We got to give it a shot. We got to, you know, think about it. Like, you know, like the maybe it's like the uh, the Iron Spider suit. Like, you know, like we saw that, and we were like, what the fuck is that shit? Hated the color scheme and all that. But then it quickly became one of our favorite versions of the Spider-Man costume um, because of the story around it and how it was used." Um, and it was just really cool shit. Like maybe this is going to be the same thing, but then today I said, I, it hit me and I said, let me look this up. And I looked it up and I saw it. I still want to be that guy that says I have to reserve judgment. But the first thing that I said when I saw this was why, why does she look like this? She looks like a Teletubby, bro. <laughs> like it's, it's pink. The suit is pink. And it's got, it actually has hearts on it. Yeah. Like there's a heart on her head and there's a heart on her chest. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, why? This is not, this, 
doesn't look like anything that Riri Williams would design. Yeah. Uh, like, and that's what it comes down to. It's not like, I don't care if, like, if, if Riri Williams was like a, a cheerleader and a teeny bopper that just happened to have like this hyper intelligence and was like, and she was like one of those kinds of, uh, of girls, like, I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, sure. That seems more like what she would wear. Maybe the other one, maybe her original costume was just like, you know, designed after Tony Stark's as an homage and now she's breaking away. But no, this doesn't like seem like a, a venture into Riri's personality. Yeah, I just, I, I love Riri too much. I, I have, but I'm also protective, right? Like I'm in daddy mode with that character. I love that character so much that I, that any little thing that's off track, I'm I'm gonna definitely give. I, I, I changed my mind though. Um, I, I actually do have a shout out. I know in the past I've talked about Malate, who's my student, who reminds me of same age, same look, same brain. Uh, but there's also a young woman uh, called Nisha McRae from uh, she's she's I believe an MIT grad, uh, and she's running a program very similar to mine. Um, in Boston. So she's doing design and engineering work out in Boston. And I know that she's following this stuff. She's following uh, the Black Panther stuff. I know that she's following Ironheart specifically. I know she's a big, big fan. So I, I want to give a shout out to her and her work, but I also can't wait to see what she thinks about this stuff. I want to see what our audience thinks about this stuff. So, uh, so Anthony, how can our audience respond to us and tell us more? Yo, there's so many ways. Uh, sign up for Anchor. Uh, become a follower of we love Wednesdays every Thursday and you can actually leave a voicemail for us um, that we will get and we will actually be able to play on air um, which is pretty cool we also have um, you know an Instagram account you can leave comments on that I'm posting on regularly um, we have the Twitter account uh, we love what no it's not even that it's wed w e d every t h u r s so wed every thurs um is what we are on instagram and twitter nice do you have do you have any shout outs uh no no i don't um actually this week i am fresh out of shout outs um actually you know what i'm sorry yes i do uh because i actually just got into a little uh like a conversation about um somebody playing batman and uh it was from vita who said that they would like to see uh donnie yen play batman oh that's dope and and i and i immediately i and this was my response i immediately had a fight with myself in my brain um <laughs> because i i see that and i'm like yes why the fuck not but i also see donnie yen as being a like like the build that he has i was like he would be a dope nightwing and then somebody else, um, hold on, uh, somebody else tweeted um, a response to that, which I responded to. So hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that real quick. Coming to uh, build, Michael Keaton was one of the best Batman's ever. Oh, and oh, you need to listen to the Red Beard podcast then because you're gonna hate me. I hate it. I don't like Michael Keaton as Batman. I like I liked his acting job. I like the job that he did acting, and it's definitely one of my favorite movies because it did so much for the comic book movie world. Was the but at the same time, huh? Was the look that important to you? 
yeah, the look is always important to me. Uh, and I'm not talking about like you know the skin color or anything like that, but I'm saying like Batman needs to be an impo- have an imposing build. So, um, so Ben Affleck is your favorite Batman? Huh? So is Ben Affleck your favorite Batman? I'm gonna uh, yes, uh, actually. And I matter of fact, if you if you do check out the Red Beard podcast, you will hear me say those exact words. Oh my! Um, god. Oh my god! Yeah, Ben Affleck is not. Ben Affleck is not a bad Batman. Dude, Jared Leto is not a bad Joker. The the actors aren't the problem. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> Yo, the actors aren't the problem. Look, Slow look. Down. Slow down. I agree. This, this is what I people agree. listen to podcasts for. The world hates Ben Affleck. I know I understand that the world hates Ben Affleck. I get it. I kind of liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he was a great choice. I kind of think George Clooney could have been an excellent Batman, and I think it was directed so terribly that we'll never know if George Clooney could be a, a good Batman because the movie... Well, no, because no, because George Clooney is George Clooney in everything that he plays. So, like, I don't think he, ha- I don't think he has the range to do it. I don't want to stray too far. Jared Leto is it's it's not his fault i agree with you about the actor stuff but but i don't think there was anywhere for jared leto to go with the joker that would have improved upon amazing actors in the past jared leto in no iteration of the joker was going to fuck with heath ledger or jack nicholson i didn't say he would fuck with heath ledger didn't say that he didn't say that he would fuck with heath ledger and cesar romero is my favorite joker of all of them uh they're all valid, oh, except Jack, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, I'm not a fan of. I I think he's you know again it's different. It was his own spin. I I loved it then, but when we saw Heath Ledger, it was it was out of this world, right? Yes, yes. Nothing to offer that that character under. I can't think of a director that could make Jared Leto great as a Joker. Who would make Jared Leto great as a Joker? We'll see. Because he's getting his own movie. Yeah, I, I I agree with you that he's getting his own movie. I disagree that we'll see because I don't no, no, think. I mean, we will see whether it's whether it's we'll, but whether it's we'll see that it's that you're right or that I'm right, we'll see. Like you can't say we won't see. We'll see. You're not gonna go see it. I I don't think we're gonna see a good Joker. Are you going to see the movie? I think then you could point at the director again or something like that. Yeah, I'm are sure. You, are you going to see the movie? Can I see all the? I see the good and the bad. I know, but so you're going to go see it, right? Yeah, no doubt. And I'm going to go see it. So, so hence, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but the point could still not be made, right? Like it'll just be like, ah, uh, yeah, Jared Leto's still good, but that was a terrible movie. No bullshit, Jared Leto. It, like, when was Jared Leto good at anything? <laughs> I don't. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, and I still can't point at anything that I appreciate Jared Leto in. I think he's super overrated. I thought he was super toxic. And the idea that he would have been Dr. Strange uh, made bad things happen to my junk. Oh, yeah. No, I can't see him as Dr. Strange. One thing I did, what what I did like, look, here's the thing. Minus minus the tattoos, because I hated that fucking I I, I can't picture the Joker sitting still long enough to get a tattoo done. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but minus the tattoos, I thought that he had a great look for the Joker. Let's put it that way. And I don't think that, I don't think that the, the fact that it was awful had, had anything to do with Leto. I think it had to do with the writing and the directing because that movie was shit and you know it. 
I do know it. I do know that movie was shit. I think the movie. <laughs> I think he was part of the shit. That's I also the don't think. I also don't think Margot Robbie was bad as Margot Robbie was great as Harley Quinn, right? See, I I think she was amazing as Harley Quinn. She obviously shined in that piece of shit movie. So yeah. much so that people thought the movie was good. People left that movie and was like, oh, this movie wasn't bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> Harley Quinn was awesome. Yeah. Um, that That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Forget I said that. All right. We've gone off the rails. I apologize. Wait, what was your shout out again? That, <laughs> my shout out was to Vita for, uh, for oh, mentioning Donnie Yen as Batman. Right. Okay. And, uh, and we went down that rabbit hole. Um, but uh, there's uh, another tweet that came in from the Beast 666. Oh, nice. Uh, Good job scoring that. Good yeah. job scoring that handle, the Beast 666. Oh, actually, that's not the handle. It's just the name on the Twitter account. The handle is the underscore velvet devil. Ah. I can't. I can't read. Velvet devil. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but 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 the beast uh, said that Lewis Tan would be a great Nightwing, and you know I that one when I when I saw Lewis Tan, I was like, yeah, Lewis Tan actually has the build to be Batman, but he's he's just a lot younger. So I I. I I basically feel like the, if there was any kind of like age swapping device where Donnie Yen and Lewis Tan could swap ages, then I think Lewis Tan would be a great Batman and Donnie Yen would be a great Nightwing. Huh. But anyway, that's that's that. But it, it was it was a silly conversation, but it was a great call out. I think that uh, I think Donnie Yen would be a fantastic Batman slash Nightwing, either one, uh, just to see a, a, just to see somebody who's actually a martial artist get in there and be Batman, who is a martial artist. Like that would be, it would just be so dope. It would be such a, uh, it would be so next level that I think it would be really hard to top. Huh. Yeah, this, that's a lot, man. You just unloaded a lot on me because, uh. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. I got a whole nother podcast in my head right now. Yo, next next podcast we do should be uh we all right, look, next week we're gonna give some quick shouts to some great comics and then we're just gonna debate Batman. <laughs> Batman actors. And that's it. I can go next on. Time, next time we get one of those comic book weeks where there's like two good comic books, we can discuss the two good comic books and then immediately be like, fuck you, Michael Keaton is awesome. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. But all right, so next week might be a great week. Who knows? But it also might be the week that we talk about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, audience, for bearing with us on our tangential crazy brains. Yes, this is what we do. Every. Um, but yeah thanks a lot and check us out next week also check us out on twitter and instagram wed every thursday um, or wed every thursday and yeah that's it man all right i'll catch you guys next week peace